I've really been studying and looking at the Apostle John, and some of the things that really intrigued me about him was that, um, you know, he, he was bold enough and confident enough to say that I am the disciple that Jesus loves. And it doesn't mean that he looked at himself better than anybody else. It just, he understood the love of the Father through Jesus. So much so that, you know, even in the, uh, the night of uh, the Last Supper, being so close to Jesus and even laying, the Bible says, you know, he laid his, his head upon the chest of Jesus and asking a question and Jesus answering. That, you know, to some guys that may seem kind of weird, a grown man, you know, putting his head on the, on the chest of another grown man. But he was just so secure in his love for him. And when the Clausens were here, GoFam Ministries, and they'll be coming back at the end of November, when they were here after taking them out to dinner and, and coming back, we just wanted to have a time together. We said, hey, would you mind? We'd love to be able to pray with you guys and, and have you guys pray for us. And, <clears throat> and they did. And it was Amy's father, um, Larry Rich. He prayed over us, and he had this, this, he began to describe this picture of Natasha and myself. And he said, I see you two sitting on Papa God's lap, facing each other, one on each leg. And your ears are against his chest. And he said, as he's speaking, you're hearing these things. And you're both looking at each other's eyes. And you're experiencing the same thing together. As God is speaking, you're responding to those things. And it's just coming across in each other's eyes. And, and that took me back to just this, you know, kind of this study of my, my own personal study of John and just like, God, I want to be so close to your heart. I want to be close to your heart. And uh, I'll talk about this next week, but um, kind of going into some goals for, for the future and, and for next year. But this year, the Lord told me, and it's kind of funny, you know, we forget. We're, it's so easy for us to forget, you know, the things about John that I was studying and, and this prophetic word that uh, Larry Rich had given, and then around this time of the year, um, I begin to seek the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want to talk to me about, or what do you want to show me, or what do you want me to do this next year? And the thing that he told me is, I want you to lean into me. And when he said that, he showed me that picture again that Larry painted and, and I, I could see it. I, I love being able to see pictures. I don't know, you know, some, some people, you know, hear more word. I, I, I'm a picture person. I love when, you know, seeing things like, it's not like you're necessarily seeing visions all the time, but just this mental image. I could literally see Natasha and myself sitting on Papa God's lap, looking at each other, and God brought that back. I want you to lean into me. And as I begin to think about that, um, the Lord began to speak, and there's three things that I want to share with you because I don't think that this is necessarily, yeah, it's a personal thing for me that God wants to do, but it goes beyond that. There are principles and things that he wants to do within his body, and we are in the right season at the right time because there are things that have to get done, but we need to be in the, in, in the right position at the right place to hear all that God is saying and what he wants to do. Do you agree? So today I want to take just a a few moments and, and uh, talk about leaning into God. And that's the title of the message this morning if you're taking notes. And uh, the truth of the matter is that God always wants to be close to you. 
God always wants to be close to you. In your ugly days, in your beautiful days, God wants to be close to you. Anybody remember that book? It was a children's book called Love You Forever. My, my sister loves that one. She's like, I love that one. If you haven't, if you haven't uh, read it, it's, it's, uh, it's a children's book. It's from Robert Munch, Munch I think it is, M-U-N-S-C-H. And uh, the pictures are, are illustrations by Sheila McCraw. But repeatedly over and over again, this mother says to her child, you know, I love you forever. I like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. I see, I see people saying what I'm saying out there. That's funny. And, uh, and it's, it's a cute book. It's a little, for me, it's a little bit kind of, you know, that book gets a little freaky a little bit. Um, <laughs> Because it's fine when the baby's a baby, you know, and the mom's like, I love you for always, I like you for, you know, or as long as your baby will be. And it goes through, you know, whenever, you know, it's a toddler, she's in there, she goes into his room while he's sleeping. Then when it's a teenager, she's like crawling on the floor. And, and the, so the part that gets a little weird for me is like, he's a grown adult, he leaves home, mom, she's now an elderly lady, drives across town with a, a ladder on her roof. When it's the still of the night, puts it up, climbs into her adult son's uh, bedroom, picks him up and is cradling him. I love you for all. I'm like, honey, this is a little strange, okay? I mean, she'd be put in jail if it was today. But it is a beautiful story because it comes to a place where the mother gets so weak um, and she don't have much time to live. And the, the son, the adult son, takes his mom and he holds her in his arms. And he says the same thing. God always wants you close to him. At every stage, in every season, that is where we belong. It seems weird at times. Don't, it don't make sense at times. But we always belong in his arms. If you got your Bibles, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 3. You guys just got me all emotional today. See, once a spout comes on, it's like it just kind of keeps coming. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5 and 6. We know this, you know, it's a, I could almost say this is probably, you know, just like John 3.16 is the uh, most, you know, quoted scripture in all the Bible and probably the most known in all the New Testament. This could be one that could be known as the most widely known scripture in the Old Testament. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. He wants us to trust in Him, to be confident in Him. Now, I, I like this about this scripture. I always find something new. You know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. God don't want us to lean on ourselves. He wants us to lean on Him. He wants us to lean into Him. Keep this picture. As I'm, as I'm uh, just talking with you today and teaching through this, I want you to picture yourself on Papa God's lap. There's some principles here. We're not to lean on ourselves, we're to lean into Him. That lean on your own understanding really means to support oneself or to rest on or depend on 
self. God don't want us to support ourselves, rest on ourselves, depend on ourselves. He wants us to depend upon Him, rest upon Him, lean into Him. Because He's the support. It says, in all your ways acknowledge Him. One translation says, seek His will. Another translation says, listen for God's voice. In all your ways Seek His will in all your ways. Listen to God's voice. And He will make your path straight. Or another translation says, He will show you which path to take. God is not hiding anything from you, but He will hide things for you. And I want to tell you three things today that will help you lean into God uh, starting right now, as you hear these words, I believe there's a weight upon these words that's going to push back uh, just the lies of the enemy and those things that are trying to keep you out of the embrace and the bosom and the lap and the security of the one who created you. See that picture. The first thing you have to do if you're going to lean into God is you lean into God through your proximity. It's all about your proximity. Proximity means this, nearness in place, nearness in time, nearness in order, nearness in occurrence, nearness in relation. You lean into God through your proximity. And what we need to determine is where are you at and where is he at? We have to close the gap. How big is the gap between where you are right now and the lap of your heavenly father? We have to close, make this proximity even nearer. We've got to close that gap where we believe that he wants us right there. He, it, we're not a nuisance to him. I know as parents, sometimes our children can, you know, annoy us. And, and we're like, you know, I don't want to hold you right now. But you will never hear your heavenly father say, I don't want to hold you right now. Anytime you come to him, he'll say, come on up in my lap and let me hold you. Because he wants you to feel and experience his embrace. There's something about being close to God that pushes everything else out of the way. All these other things that we make big deals about, if I can just get to the presence of God. If I can just get into his lap, things will be better. I'll feel that security I need. I'll feel that hope that I need. I'll feel that acceptance and that assurance. And, and I'll hear him even speak to me those encouraging words. I, uh, his coaching. Thank the Lord for the coaching of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalms 131. I love this. Paints a great picture of this. Verse 1 through 3, David sings and really says, you know, O Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child rests against or upon his mother, my soul is like a weaned child within or upon me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. 
God wants you in his lap to feel his embrace that brings hope. I'm telling you what, I found this to be true in my own life. That no matter what was going on, if I was uncertain about something, if I was, you know, uh, um, distracted by something, if something else was, was gathering my attention and bringing confusion, if I would just look to and look for his presence and run to it, all the clarity that I needed, all the support that I needed, all the hope and the reassurance I needed was found beyond that veil that Jesus rent and made a way for it was in that place. If you're ever confused, all you have to do is get into his presence, into his lap, and allow that confusion to become confidence in knowing what you're called to do and what, you, what he needs you to do and who you are. Man, there is power in the words of God. Amen? And David wasn't saying, you know, he says here, you know, it's just like a weaned child resting upon his mother. That's my soul. It's like a weaned child upon me. It's not like he, he was able to do it himself. It was being in God's presence. He was being revived in hope. And he's telling his nation, oh, Israel, hope in God. And you'll, you'll be just like a child who's content and needs nothing else because he's provided for in the arms of our Father. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there's that proximity. It's really awesome because in, in uh, the Last Supper, you know, Jesus, they're having supper together. And, and then Jesus, he always liked to throw in the curveball, right? He, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he throws this curveball and he says, hey, you know, one of you guys are going to betray me tonight. All of a sudden, all the guys are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Me? You? Huh? Maybe this guy. No, no. Yeah. I don't know. Who, who is this? And the Bible says that Peter looked to the disciple that Jesus loved. His, John's proximity was right beside the master. He was right there. Not across the table. He was right there. And he motioned to that disciple and said, Ask him. Ask him who it is. And John leaned over his head on Jesus and said, Who is it? And the Bible says, this is the first time I ever saw that, Jesus didn't announce it to everybody else. Jesus told John, he whispered to John, it's Judas. And everybody else didn't hear that. You know, John, John when Jesus, I mean, he added in there saying, you know, uh, it's the one, whoever I dip this bread and I give it to, that's who it is. He, he knew that. And he did that. No one else knew. And, and whenever, after he, uh, Judas had taken that, everybody else didn't know what was going on. And Jesus said, whatever you're going to do, go do it and do it quickly. And Judas got up. And the Bible says right then, everybody else thought he was going out. Maybe Jesus had already told him to go do something. He was the treasurer. He had to go do something else. They didn't know at that time. But John knew because of his proximity, because of his nearness, because he chose to come close. To be to the Father. Amen? Through the Son. That's awesome. Amen? So God wants you to experience His embrace. Number two, how you come or how you lean into God. You lean into God through your proximity. Number two, you lean into God by your position. You have to eliminate the distractions. It's, it's your position. And the position really is, it has to do with posture. I mean, you know, People come in, you know, you, you've talked with people when you go to talk to somebody and they got their arms folded, they're kind of closed off. 
You know, we've, we've counseled people, and you can, you can tell a lot of times by how they come in when you have to talk to them about a situation, their posture, if they're open to receive anything at all, or if they're not. And so it has to do with your posture, but position all has, also has to do with an attitude of your mind or even an attitude of your heart. See, I can be in Papa God's lap, and I can experience his embrace, but God also wants us to experience his heart. And to experience his heart, I've got to get rid of some distractions. You know, remember, remember as, a, as a kid that um, maybe the first time you've heard it, or maybe you're so old you don't remember the first time you heard it. Maybe you just remember other kids, you know, don't, I don't know. But you put your head on someone else's chest and you hear their heartbeat, boom. Remember that as a kid, or maybe you see you know, like your, your kid or I mean, your grandchild for the first time here, like, oh, they're all excited. I hear, I hear your heart. What is That's crazy. Right? God wants us to experience his heart. And a lot of times, uh, a lot of time, it's our own hearts that distract us the most. We're in his lap. We're in his presence. He wants to reveal his heart but my own heart is a distraction because I'm thinking about the things in my heart, worries, fears, anxieties, all these different things, and I'm unable to hear his heart. I've got to rest in his presence. I've got to lean my head against his chest in order to be able to hear. James says this in James 4, 6, God opposes the proud. It's the second time we're hearing that. In Psalms, David said, my heart is not proud. God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Another translation, another of humble really there is submit to place or to rank yourself under. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Come close to God and he'll come close to you. You know, when we come into God's presence, it's not that we can't bring you know, and, and empty your heart. There's, there's, there's times that, to be honest with you, I believe it's the majority of the time, when my heart is heavy, I go in, and God wants us to be able to, you know, get these things off your heart. Sometimes it's just good just to, just to speak that out, get it off your heart, and it's when I get all those things off my own heart, that's when I'm able to hear God's voice. And I find out that all those, and he speaks just what is right, and, and he refocuses us because a lot of times we, we put so much emphasis and focus on something right here, and, and we think that's the most important thing, or this is what really needs to happen, and then in the quietness of our heart, as we're stilled, as we choose to lean, and we get it all out, and there's nothing else, and we, we think he's not speaking, all of a sudden we hear his heart beat, and we got that reassurance. It's beating for me. He loves me. He's here for me. God wants you to experience his heart. Ecclesiastes gives us uh, a good example of, you know, what to do when we come into his presence. In, in chapter 5, it says, watch your steps as you go to the house of God. We could also say to come into his presence and draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifices of fools. Meaning, just, just don't... Don't begin to speak without thought. Don't begin to speak just, just to, to fill the air. 
says, for they do not know that they do evil. Do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought. Now, this is awesome because to be hasty in word literally means do not be hasty with your mouth. And impulsive with thought literally means don't hurry your heart. I love that. When you come into your, his presence, don't be hasty with your mouth and don't hurry your heart. How many times we've all been guilty that we come into his presence, here's what it is, Lord, blah, 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 there it is, okay, deal with it. I got things to do. Come on, let's just be honest. Don't hurry your heart. Oh, the heart, it's so powerful. I mean, the scripture says, guard your heart above all else. How fragile it is. How sensitive is the heart. Don't hurry your heart to bring up a matter in God's presence. For in, God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. We've got to check our attitudes and, and our position and our posture. The attitude of our mind. The attitude of our heart when we come into God's presence. And be more willing to listen to what he has to say than just what we want to say. What he says brings life. It's out of the mouth of God that we live. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that's our bread. Amen? The prophet Jeremiah said this, You know me, O Lord. You see me, and you examine my heart's attitude towards you. He sees it all. He knows it all. And he's not going to rush the process. If we hurry our hearts in his presence, and we leave without experiencing his heart, it's not because he didn't want to reveal his heart to us. It's because we were hurrying the process and we didn't allow it to be completed at that moment. And we'll walk on with our issues and our different things unresolved, thinking God don't care. And then we come back and every time we come back, he doesn't say, I don't want to hold you. He says, come on up in because now you're used to being in my presence. You're used to being in my lap. You find that now listen to my heart. Come on, how many of you had your children when they were younger? You put their head, you know, it's time for a nap, and you're kind of holding them, and you'd put their head on the chest, and they just weren't ready. They'd squirm and, and get out, and kind of, you know, whatever. No, God's just saying, I, I, I want you to hear my heart. I want you to experience my heart. That allow ourselves to be settled and these distractions to go away. Philippians chapter 2 says that we're to have this attitude in ourselves that Christ also had in himself. And there's the two attitudes that he had. He emptied himself and he humbled himself. He emptied himself and he humbled himself. He emptied himself is that he laid down his rights. He laid down his divinity when he came to earth. He was all God, all man, but he lived life as a man. Died on the cross for our sins. Perfect man. Amen. The seed of God rose from the dead, but he, he laid down his right. Sometimes we come into God's presence and one of the distractions is our heart is so filled because we want retribution or we say, this is what's right. This is what needs to happen. I've not been treated well. Whatever it is, this needs to happen. We need to leave that in God's hands. We lay down our rights and trust God. We lean into him. He placed himself under. He humbled himself. We have to place ourselves under. Further in, further in Philippians, uh, Paul goes on to say, he says, you know, let us therefore as many as are perfect or being made mature, let us have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, 
God will reveal this also to you. He, he wants the attitude of our heart to be in the right position to be able to experience his heart. Amen? So, you know, as you see yourself sitting, number one, you know, you're sitting on, on Papa God's lap, being used to being in his embrace. He wants you to feel his embrace. He wants you to hear his heart. But you know what else happens whenever a child, and I remember this, you know, just uh, as, as a young boy, uh, you know, uh, laying on my mom's lap and, and just listening in. When, when you have your ear on someone's chest and they speak, it's a lot louder. You, you're feeling that embrace. You're secure in that embrace. You, um, you, know, you, you hear that heartbeat of experiencing your life and I'm experiencing your, your, your beat for me. And then when they speak, it's so much more louder. God wants us to hear his voice clearly. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 says this, Long ago, at many times and in many ways. I want to stop there just for a second. Long ago, at many times, God has spoken many times and in many ways. It's not just a one-time occurrence. Many times in many ways. Long ago, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. You put your head on Papa God's chest... You're hearing his heart beat for you, and that heartbeat for you is the sending of his son who reveals the Father. Amen? The Bible goes on to say in verse number three that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. So God wants us to hear, and the truth is what you do with what you hear really matters. It's not good enough just to hear. Because when God speaks, He's not speaking just to speak. God is not bored on the throne just to speak out things. When He speaks, He's looking for a response. Everything He says needs, a res needs to be responded to. When He speaks, things happen. We have to respond. So God wants you to respond to His voice. So the third thing... We said about leaning into God, it's through your proximity, it's through your position. And number three, you lean into God through your obedience. You know, it's kind of this little thing we've been doing with Silas lately. Natasha has been doing a Bible study with some moms at the house. And it's a study, it's called Raising Men, or, you know, Boys into Men. And it's with Havila and, and Lisa Bevere. And uh, so we've been implementing this. And I thought it was a great thing that they had said about obedience. You know, when they were raising their, their boys, uh, they would say, this is what obedience is. You listen. Uh, it means to respond right away. Obedience is to respond right away, all the way, and the happy way. All right? If you're going to be obedient, you're, you're responding right away, all the way, and the happy way. So we've been using that in our house, so we'll, you know, when Silas is not listening, well, how are we supposed to? He'll be like, right away. And what? All the way. You know, the kids can do it. What's the last part? The happy way. <laughs> right? This deals with attitude, position, everything. Because God wants us to hear his voice, because he has things that he wants to do not only in you, but it's things he wants to do in the lives of others. And we, and we know this already. 
If you've been here long enough, you know this already. When God does something in your life, it's not just for you. Yes, you are special and he does it in you. But you're also so special that he wants to do it through you. So whatever he has done in you, when he does that in you, he empowers you to be able to do that in somebody else's life. It's not just for you. Our God is too big just for us. He affects so many things. Amen? So he wants us to listen. To listen means more than just to hear with your ears. It also means to pay attention to. It means to heed, to obey. And I like this one. To wait attentively for a sound. Sometimes you're sitting on Papa God's lap. You're content in his embrace. You're hearing his heartbeat. But we have to be patient and wait for the listening of the sound of his voice. And it don't always come when you set the timer and say, I got five minutes, God, you got to give me something. He knows what you need when you need it. And his ability to speak to you is greater than your ability to hear. And that, that principle is true in this. When he revealed himself to you, you weren't looking for him. He spoke to you. You heard. He initiates you never initiated anything to be the first initiator with God. He initiated with you. He revealed himself to you, and you responded. The more we respond, amen, it's not like, it's not necessarily that we, that we are more loved by God, but there is, God is opposed to the proud, but he is favorable to the humble, Right? He's opposed to the proud. He's favorable to the humble. If I'm sitting in his lap and I'm hearing his, 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 his heartbeat, but, I, uh, but I, I still, you know, I'm limiting things because of my own nature here and there, I could be uh, missing out on that position of being favored by God to hear things if I would just allow myself to be settled where he's at. Amen? But the awesome thing about this is, Jesus says in John 10, that my sheep hear my voice. Isn't that awesome? You hear God's voice. And I think this is awesome too because in the, in, the same, in the same chapter, not only does he say, my sheep hear my voice, he says, my sheep know my voice. You know, when you, when you meet someone, uh, I'll just give an example, like, you know, the first time, you know, I talked with Natasha, you know, you know, you know the person uh, a little bit, you know, and, and I knew her a little bit, and then we started talking on the phone, and, and when you, especially whenever you talk with somebody on the phone, the first couple times, you may not recognize their voice as really being them, you're like, hello, and you're like, hear that, and you're not sure, but then there comes a season, and there comes a time when it, when it, when it switches over, as soon as they speak, you know exactly who it is. That's what God wants, being in his lap, hearing his heart, coming to that place where we're hearing his voice so loudly, it, it, we don't have to guess about it. We know my sheep hear my voice. They hear the sound of my voice, but my sheep know that it's me when I'm speaking. They just don't hear a sound. They know that it's me, and they respond. Amen? Hallelujah. I believe these, these principles can help as we learn to lean into God and, and, and get into his lap to put our heads on his chest to hear his heart and to hear the clearness of his voice.